Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Well, we're back on board once again to talk about yet another Minnesota Vikings loss. Yep, uh, they're fourth in a row. It, you know, it's just more of the same, just maybe a little bit more of a cherry on top in a sense with the... Well, I mean, Sam Bradford, extremely efficient. Uh, offensive line was good for a little while until later on. Um, I, Jeez, jeez, this is bullcrap, isn't it? Um, 26 to 20 victory for the Washington Redskins in the nation's capital. Uh, I might as well say this right now. Eight years ago, I said that I, would, that I did not vote for Barack Obama, but that I would give him a chance, and I, you know, was congratulating him on winning the election. Well, this time around, I did vote for Donald Trump. So I am mentioning it, I'm admitting it, um, <laughs> and I'm asking those of you out there that are not happy to please do the same thing that a lot of us did eight years ago. Please give him a chance, uh, hope for the best, that type of thing. That's what I did. Um, y- you know, I ended up not agreeing with a lot of things Obama did. You probably, some of you may or may not agree with some of the things uh, Trump may or may not do. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting next four years and possibly eight because, well, obviously, very often presidents get reelected. It's just you, you just never know uh, the future. You just never know what the future is going to hold. Uh, I'm optimistic, hoping for the best year. Uh, kind of exciting. It was a very exciting election night, that type of thing. So not trying to get into politics or anything. I'm sorry. Um, again, just hoping those of you will be respectful along the way. Um, it, and it's just fitting that we're playing in Washington, D.C. at the end of this uh, historical election you got to admit, it's fascinating what took place. Uh, I never believed the polls. I never did. A lot of us did. A lot of us didn't. Uh, the media does like to do what they like to do. Um, and we'll leave that as is. So let's get to the Vikings. <laughs> I may jump into it a little bit more here and there. Again, not trying to get political, just talking about the events of it. That's all. Not trying to say, you should say this. You should agree with that. You shouldn't agree with this. You know what? At the end of the day, I don't like people telling me what I should feel either. So I won't tell you how you should uh, feel. Um, Sometimes on Facebook, I post things, but I'm not demanding people agree with me. And you know what? Nobody should demand uh, I agree with them either or other people. Anyhow, Washington Redskins. Well, they won this election or whatever you want to call it. And I picked the Washington Redskins to win. Um, I will say one more thing. (laughs) The last several presidents, at least the, in, into their opening vote, I kind of predicted it back in the February of the of the of the year, and I did it again. I'll just leave that as is. And you can just feel the momentum coming. You could feel the momentum of Obama coming back in 08, and you could feel the, in my opinion, the momentum of Trump coming in 2016. I felt the momentum. You get a vibe from how people think, and it happens the way it does. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, the game looked like it was going to be a blowout in the favor of the Washington Redskins. Kirk Cousins did what I thought he would do. Um, he looked pretty good, very sharp pretty much the whole game, and early on as well, completing passes along the way. The Vikings would get fortunate at times, but they'd never force Kirk Cousins into a turnover. They never sacked him until very late in the game, which would have been, which was at a good time. It gave the Vikings a chance to win the game, but of course we didn't get the job done at all. Um, Sam Bradford was only sacked three times, but they were always at like killer crucial times, and it, and it usually is anyway. Uh, the offensive line was better for a little while, but at the end of the day, not good when it needed to be. And we'll talk about Jake Long in a little bit. Um, I feel very bad for the guy. Uh, dare I talk about it now? 
Mm, I'll save it for later, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll save it for later. Uh, 14-0 Washington early in that second quarter. Um, you just figured, oh, here we go. You know, And the Vikings never win in, in the nation's capital, except for 1993 when it helped them make the playoffs. The Redskins were not nearly as good that year. That type of thing. Two years removed from a Super Bowl championship season. Um, Joe Gibbs was on his way out just because he was just kind of stepping aside for a while before he would come back later on in the in the 2000s, believe it or not. Much later, to my surprise. Um, watching the Redskins, man. Mm. They're not bad. Um, they're a team that's definitely capable of winning the division. They won it last year, that being the NFC East. Uh, they're not going to win it this year because the Cowboys probably are. We'll talk about that in the second segment, um, though maybe Pittsburgh may have something to say about that today. Um, in another crazy division over there, uh, the NFC North just keeps getting worse and worse. By the way, again, we'll save that for segment number two. <laughs> But after going down 14 nothing, in which felt like before you even got to sit down and maybe settle in hardly, um, Washington offense looking so solid. Vikings just not making tackles, not getting in front of people as much as you'd like. Um, or they were too far in front, allowing Redskins receivers to make the catch. Uh, the run defense, there were so many missed tackles in this game. Uh, you saw Chad Greenway constantly falling over because he was getting run over or getting beat uh, after having such a strong week last week. It, you know, if Chad Greenway could have made a tackle on a couple of those plays, this might have been a different outcome. But um, it it just figures. A team that had a weak rush offense, a fairly strong pass defense, yet the Vikings passed fairly well against them in the running game is completely useless like it has been for a while. Um, Bradford extremely sharp in the game, I have to say. And this was particularly afterward, after the Redskins took a 14 nothing lead, he saw a Vikings offense take charge. I mean, just absolutely, like, say, screw this crap. They started playing in a much faster approach, showing more urgency, and you saw Stefan Diggs get open 36 yards down the field, just like that. Boom. Um, he ended up with 13 catches on 15 targets, 164 yards on the day. No touchdowns, though, and that's, again, a bummer. But at least you saw... Um, the Vikings get in the end zone a couple times with the passing game in the red zone today, and that was good. They converted twice in the red zone in the end zone. That is awesome for the Vikings, not just getting field goals, but scoring touchdowns, of course. Um, but the thing is, <laughs> the Vikings tie the game up so quickly. Uh, just very efficient offense, completing passes to Kyle Rudolph, Stefan Diggs especially. Uh, Patterson, again, dropping a pass that should have been caught. Most of the time, though, just short short plays. Running game as garbage as always. McKinnon made a nice, solid run on his first run, and the rest of the way, pretty much nothing. You saw a little reverse from Adam Thielen, which helped the Vikings get a first down later on in the game, which you hoped would lead to something, but of course it didn't. Hillman only saw four rushes in the game, and they were not in good situations. It seemed like they had, <laughs> seemed like they had eight men in the box in those deals. And Matt Asiata is what he is. I mean, the guy, the guy, lacks the special skills to get the uh, to get the amount of attention he does, and it drives you crazy. Uh, Asiata, if if you had a good offensive line, and of course he was in the role he was in last year because Adrian was healthy and McKinnon was kind of sort of like a number two, number three. There was kind of they were interchangeable depending on the situation. It seemed like Asiata was the number two running back most of last year, but. You know, you might have been able to use him in short yard situations, but when you get no push from the offensive line and the guy doesn't break tackles for anybody's business, he just pushes through if there's a, if there's a hole. That's when his skill, if any, which really isn't his skill, it's just his strength, 
can uh, be a factor. But in this case, it really wasn't. Um, you did see him break through once on the goal line. He finally got in. But outside of that, it was just the same old thing. It was this right here. That's all it was. I mean, that's all it was the whole bleeping time. Same old story. Two yards, cloud of dust. No, that wasn't two yards in a cloud of dust. It was just cloud of dust. Line of scrimmage and a cloud of dust. Um, the Vikings' run offense is absolutely pathetic. Uh, the only way to get to go forward, pretty much, is some quirky play with Adam Thielen or Cordero Patterson. Again, Cordero, only 17 yards receiving today. Just lousy. Um, wasn't used that much, and he dropped a very catchable pass. I couldn't believe it, but luckily there was a roughing the passer along the way and one of those drives which ultimately led the Vikings into the end zone in the second quarter. Thank you very much for that. But, um, and of course, after the Vikings tied the game up with such a, just an aggressive offensive approach, the Washington Redskins are forced into a fumble. That was awesome. <laughs> Gotta love that. Uh, Chris Thompson, who was f- frustrating at times, but certainly not nearly as frustrating as Rob Kelly was out there. Nice uh, forced fumble there. The Vikings finally force a turnover. It's like a miracle how exciting is that? And then you get down the end zone and score again. But then something funny happens. What do you think it was? Well, a guy who was two for two from extra points in the day. So that's good because you're supposed to make like 99% of your extra points. Okay, we'll say 95 just to be semi, just to be kind of, just to give him a little break. Especially because it's a little bit further away now, you know. Um, but he missed again. Yeah, and you know who he is, right? Blair Walsh missed again, and you saw the look in his face. You saw the look of concern. Not frustration, but like, oh no. Oh no, Lord have mercy. It's it's over for me, isn't it? Um, that's it? <laughs> yeah. Blair Walsh more than likely is out, I, I think. Um, I, I don't know why anybody would... I mean, and I know we'll, we talk about it in the third segment... That the whole deal where once a player's on the roster to start the season, it's a cap hit... But you know what? That doesn't mean you have to keep the guy. It's not like he's making $20 million. He is making a lot for a kicker. But it doesn't mean you can't bring in a guy for a minimum salary to take over. And I think the Vikings will bring in a guy if they have any hope to make the playoffs. Because you shouldn't have to cringe and, and, and grab your throat when a guy's about to kick an extra point. That, that just, that's just ridiculous, you know? I don't care if the extra point's a few yards back than what it used to be. That's utterly ridiculous. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm not even going to yell and scream anymore about it. I'm not even going to rant anymore. I'm kind of subdued about it now. I'm kind of reserved to the fact that at the end of the day, regardless, even if he is a cap hit, you still got to make the move. But at the same time, and yes, Felix talks about that, and he has every right to feel the way he does. And... I understand that's part of the business of the game. Sometimes you really can't cut a guy because of the situation, and maybe there isn't a better replacement out there. Um, there certainly isn't a better replacement in terms of distance because Blair Walsh is a big leg, but the accuracy is going to be a little bit better from, from uh, the extra points, I got to think, from Kai Forbath, who missed only three in like 124 attempts. That's not bad when you consider a guy who's missed eight in, in just two years. Extra points. That That's insanity. Pure insanity. Um, yeah, Doug Bryan get cut immediately after the game from Mike Tice. Mike Tice cut him immediately after the game when he missed two extra points against the New York Jets back in 2002. The famous uh, calls from Paul Allen and... Um, why am I forgetting the guy's name? Oh my God, everybody knows who he is. And it was just there and it's blanking. Um, obviously, he owns a restaurant and all that. <laughs> the tie, former tight end years ago uh, where Paul Allen says, he missed it, <laughs> he missed it again! And then... <laughs> 
the other guy said, Get the hell out of here! Doc Bryan missed the field goal again, and the Vikings only lead by two! Come on! <laughs> so funny, the guy from Philadelphia there. Oh, I gotta love him. He's finally coming back. It's Joe Sensor. Yeah, I mean, I, I apologize. I'm like losing my mind. It just finally popped back in my head. Joe Sensor. God, I can't believe it was blanking on me. But yeah, the Philadelphia accent, you gotta like it. Um, but yeah, he missed an extra point again, and the Vikings only led by six. And you just knew somehow, some way, you would come back and haunt the Vikings. And then the Redskins make two field goals in the second half. But you figured, okay, you got all this momentum at the end of the... Yeah, well, I, I just got ahead of myself, but... Yeah, that's all it would take. Two field goals for the Redskins to tie it. And so the Vikings are tied instead of trailing. So it's just like weird. You have to keep thinking about it over and over. And you shouldn't have to keep thinking about it. That's what's so terrible about it. Um, But the point is you have all this momentum going in the second half. Here we go, man. We're we're gonna score thirty one, maybe maybe we we might get thirty five, maybe forty. Our offense looks fantastic. We're just carving these guys up. The momentum's on our side. Maybe well, and if push comes to shovel, win like twenty seven, twenty eight, uh, whatever. You know, twenty nine, whatever the score is gonna be. If Blair Walsh makes kicks, misses extra points, whatever the hell he does. But the Vikings are gonna beat the Redskins now. The momentum's completely on our side. Maybe we'll force an interception or another fumble. Wouldn't that be something? But no, nothing. Absolutely zero. The Vikings score zero points in the second half. Just <laughs> just telling. I mean, that, that's the story of the game right there. You can talk about the offensive line, which is absolutely a factor in it. You can talk about the weak defense, which is absolutely a factor. Much more vanilla than it's been. Yes, it's better than it was under Leslie Frazier, but it had a little feeling of it in terms of you just didn't see the physicality of the defense anymore, and you saw zero pass rush the entire game until very late. Um, thank you, Daniel Hunter, for getting the one sack in the game, and it was great. Uh, and he's one of my favorite players on the team. I love Daniel Hunter. Just love him. In fact, he might be my favorite defensive lineman on the entire roster. Uh, as great as Linval Joseph is, I think he's a Pro Bowl tackle. Anthony Barr, a little bit more of a factor today because the other guy was out again. <laughs> his, his buddy, Eric Hendricks, out again. This time... With uh, it, it just continues. Um, concussion issues and concussion issues with uh, Xavier Rhodes. He had to leave the game. You didn't see him anymore. You saw Mackenzie Alexander, who was good at some points, mostly because of in- inaccurate passes from Cousins, but still some decent defense from him. Trey Waynes was solid in the game. Doesn't let guys pass him. That's what's you know that's what we've been noticing about Trey Waynes pretty much for a while here. He's so fast, so that's encouraging. You saw pressure from Tom Johnson for a little while. But you never got Cousins on his back until much later in the game. And it just seemed like when the Washington Redskins had any type of protection, it was just a, it was a complete pass down the field to Crowder or whoever. Um, it just could, you know, it, it just left you hanging there, wishing, wishing for, for a better, for a better fate in this one. Uh, Pierre Garçon, uh, he was defended nicely on occasion by the likes of uh, Trey Waynes and such, and that was good. Vernon Davis caught everything that coming his way, including the touchdown later on. Jordan Reed, eh, you know. Uh, Jamison Crowder, I mean, his numbers weren't spectacular, but he always made the catches he needed to. The most frustrating part was, though, the very first drive of the game from the Redskins' side, of course, for the Vikings, they got the ball at the beginning. It's three and out, and then here come the Redskins, 30th ranked in the red zone, and guess what? End zone right away. They went to, they went in immediately, and it just seems so easy, and that's been a difference maker the past few weeks. Um, if the Vikings' defense was up to par today, I think they would have won the game, 
if the Vikings' offensive line was up to bar, up to par today, they would have won the game. If the Vikings' running game was up to par today, they would have won the game. Uh, so here we are. Um, you're screwed. No offense or no offensive line, no running game, and the defense is not what it used to be. Uh, it's like top ten now. Before it was like top two. Now it's like top ten ish. You're not seeing the same pressure. You're not seeing the same smothering defense. You're not seeing them choke teams out. You're not seeing what you used to see. And of course, you know, when you have a guy like Blair Walsh, who can't even make extra points on a regular basis, uh, they didn't even have him attempt a field goal because they didn't want to. And plus, at the t- there were times the situations didn't set him up for it either throughout the game. You're either in the end zone or punting pretty much when it came to the Vikings offense today. Um, lucky him that he wasn't out there missing field goals, I guess. But again, the lack of confidence in him um, missing that extra point, I think it just set a lot of people in an inner rage. They probably didn't come out and say anything, but I bet on the inside they just felt funny. And you know, the, it was a it was a it was a pace setter for the rest of the game. It shouldn't be an, an extra point should not be, but it just shows how this kind of this type of thing with Blair Wallace can get in everybody's head, not just his. Um, and the Redskins came out. They responded nicely to the Vikings, and that's why they won the game. Um, the credit is on their side as well. Dustin Hopkins made everything today. Everything from 50 yards, 40 yards, 30 yards, whatever it was. He just made all of them. Dustin Hopkins, he made. Uh, he scored 12 points in the second half. Vikings defense did a good enough job to keep the Redskins out of the end zone. That's good. But Dustin Hopkins was going to make him uh, 30, 37, 50, and 28, respectively, in the second half. And there was nothing we could do about it. Um, fantasy footballers out there, which I just don't enjoy at all anymore. <laughs> Dustin Hopkins would have been a wonderful player for you today. Uh, back-to-back weeks, you saw a kicker on the other side that you wish you had. Uh, Dustin Hopkins, like I said about Prater last week, would look beautiful in purple today. That guy can kick in his sleep, it looks like. I mean, just fantastic. Uh, Very accurate. He makes everything he needs to. That's good. Um, What I did enjoy today was the passing game from Sam Bradford, and I'm sure most of you did as well. Uh, Kirk Cousins. I mean, if you like to see the ball in the air and not on the ground constantly, not just running the ball, this was your type of football game. Um, Kirk Cousins, 110.9 quarterback rating. Bradford, 104.9, and it would have been much higher if not for a key interception in that fourth quarter when the Vikings were driving what looked like it could have been a game-winning drive. It was heartbreaking. Um, Vikings were down by three, and you believe the Vikings still had a chance here. There was a nice drive. They were making good plays. But then all of a sudden you noticed Bradford was throwing the ball a little bit lower. Uh, it was kind of weird. Y- you know, like the pass to a pass that would have been a completion to Stefan Diggs. It's like he's not. It's like he wasn't sailing the ball today, like he was earlier in the season. Just sail it in there, because the Washington defender wouldn't have been able to deflect it. Um, but he was able to because <laughs> what are you gonna do? <sighs> Mason Foster, that's who it was. Or was it Fuller? It was either Kendall Fuller or Foster. Obviously, one of those two. I think it was Foster. Um, yes, it was Foster. Uh, just you know, Bradford needs to sail the ball in because Stefan Diggs was. Past the guy, was past Foster. Foster was close enough, but again, why is Foster able to knock the ball away? You gotta get, you gotta lead the the, the receiver away from the ball, not in, not lead the ball into the defender, and that's pretty much what happened there. And and that was disappointing. And it was a harbinger for what was to come in the next play, which was again underthrown and an ill-advised area, too much traffic, again too much traffic on the play. And it was tipped by the by, and it was tipped and intercepted. 
by Preston Smith. That's who it was, the defensive tackle who was able to return 22 yards. Good for him. Woohoo, I guess. <laughs> and you thought the game was over, but the Vikings did get a second chance, and that was nice. Another very good drive down the field. It looked extremely promising, but then the red zone again, which is always much harder for everybody because the defense is much tighter. There's much less field to play with. The Redskins were giving the Vikings that old prevent offense, and maybe we could have been the reciprocal of last week. We could have been the Detroit Lions of last week. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been nice? Matthew Stafford of last week, or whoever the heck else. But it just went. It just wasn't meant to be. It just wasn't meant to be, and all of a sudden the offensive line wasn't protecting Sam Bradford like they were before. And next thing you know, you see Jake Long, a guy who's been through two ACLs, been through shoulder injuries, back injuries that, that are seasons that were season-ending, multiple, several season-ending injuries in his career, and you see him writhing in pain on the ground. And my first thought was ACL, and it turns out to be Achilles tendon, um, just as bad, pretty much. Uh, massive tendon, obviously, in your uh, your your heel to ankle connects your heel to your ankle, and without it, you're pretty much yeah, <laughs> your foot's just dangling. Um, yeah, <sighs> feels so bad. Um, and in some cases, your calf muscle like does the old it it, it does the old uh, uh, roller carpet uh, roller roller curtain look, and thank God we didn't quite see that. It happened earlier in the year in San Diego in the preseason, the poor guy Achilles, it did the old roller curtain deal the yeah, that's really freaking nasty um, because the muscle was flexing at the time the muscle was contracting like it does um, in this case nothing was visible, so that's good, but I, I feel terrible for Jake Long. Uh, Achilles tendons take about nine months to recover. They take six to nine months to recover. He's had so many injuries in his career. Don't know where to go. Again, multiple ACLs, shoulder, back. Um, I don't know. Uh, the fact that it wasn't an ACL is probably a good thing, considering he's had multiple of those. That would might be the end of his career right there. Figuring his knees are just like, you know, they're not going to make it. But obviously the ACL, the foot strength and all that, when you're a offensive tackle, left tackle to go down like that um, and it was fourth down on the play so you just knew it was going to happen on the next one <laughs> the Vikings were on the 11 yard line with 11 seconds remaining, you just knew what was going to happen, not the 11, the 20-ish and 20-ish <laughs> and you just knew what was going to happen after that um, but I mean I, I, I feel terrible for the guy I don't know if he's going to come back or not like, in, in this league he, pre, he probably won't be able to come he, he probably won't be brought back from the Vikings but you consider what the Vikings have been through the whole season again you lose Matt Khalil with the hip injury the hip issue that he's probably been bothering him for years uh, Andre Smith you barely knew him and he was lousy out for the season uh, Phil Oldholt retired because he just figured screw it he had an Achilles injury last year he does not return so here you are. Um, the one guy who looked like he was going to be a positive, other than Joe Berger, who's been all right. He's been okay. Fusco's not good. Uh, he's been just dis- He's just. I mean, it's not even he's disappointing. He's just not that good to begin with. Um, Searles is all right. He's okay. Clemmings is disappointing for where he was drafted and for what you hope he might be. But he wasn't a very high, high draft pick, but high enough that maybe you hope he'd be something in this league. Um, boy. Uh, and then you lose the one guy who, of course, was a super, was, a, was at one point in time, a, a, looked on to be a superstar left tackle in this league, and he had the ability, and then the injuries started to take over, and he was starting to regain some of that form. He was 
clearly the best player on the offensive line. Uh, him and Joe Berger were, the, were leading the way. And it was clearly him. He was leading the way. And then there he goes. And, like, when he gets hurt, he gets hurt for thighs. And that's it. Uh, it and it just leaves you in a position like, whoa, now what? Um, they're, they're going as far as to say Alex Boone will be taking snaps at left tackle. You might as well, uh, you might as well pack up the yeah, season, guys. Uh, that, that's got to be about it. Um, it's been fun. It, it really has. <sighs> yeah. Um, I don't want to be the talker of doom. I don't want to be the bringer of doom and gloom, but it is what it is. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of confidence right now. I don't think anybody else does either. Uh, you're five and four. There was a time this team was was looking at a first round bye, looking at home field advantage throughout the playoffs. The road to the Super Bowl goes through U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings will not be hosting a playoff game unless they still somehow win this division because Green Bay lost again. And we'll talk about that in the second segment. Just hilarious. They lost again, and they really lost. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, and Detroit is just doing what they're doing. Um We'll talk about all that in the second se- in the second segment. Like I keep saying, I keep now I'm dragging this a little bit, but I don't know. I mean, uh, you just got to hope for the best going to next week. That's about all I can say. Um, this must, yeah, it's Detroit's bye week. I, I figured it was because they, they're the only team that's played as many games as they have. They've already played nine games this season, so down they go. Good for them. They're in first place now, or they're tied with us. Actually, they are in first place because they own the tiebreaker. Told you so about the tiebreaker. There it is. Now it's rearing its ugly head. Go congratulations, Detroit Lions, NFC North Division Champions for 2016, barring some type of shocker. Uh, Some of you out there that didn't think Donald Trump was going to win the presidency with barring a miracle, well, Detroit's the Donald Trump of the NFC North. I mean, without a doubt, Green, you know, I don't even want to get into it. Ah, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, the player of the game, the Fran Tarkinen Award, is going to Stefan Diggs. He was fantastic. He's the guy we, we remembered. Great plays. It could have. I, I would have given a co uh, Fran Tarkinen Award to Sam Bradford, but the the uh, underthrows late in that drive that helped cost the Vikings to the game. That helped cost the Vikings the game. That interception was brutal. It was not helpful. It killed us. It wasn't just a lucky little tip. And yes, it was lucky that they freaking guy caught it I thought a little it was pretty lucky but good on him I suppose um but there was a reason it was tipped because it was underthrown it was in the wrong place wrong time and that sucks so no Fran award for Sammy today uh Stefan Diggs is looking like the league look, looking like the MVP of the offense this year it's between him and Sam as we head closer and closer to the end of the season in January February whatever well not February I don't think so January um the the goat, the what you call it of the game, not not the goat, not the greatest of all time, right? No, <laughs> Christian Ponder Memorial. Ah, uh, you know, yeah. It's like, do you want to just say the injuries? Do you want to say Blair Walsh? Yeah, he missed an extra point. It, you know, he's the general Christian Ponder of the team. He's like the the enigma. He's the urban legend as to why this coaching staff is so damn stubborn. I'm going to give it to the coaching staff because they continue to force that. And, and Matt Asiata. Matt Asiata and the coaching staff are getting the Pond Memorial because they continue to force the ball to him in the short yarder situations, and it never works. Sure, he finally got in the end zone once, but he was like, once? You know, I mean, it's like, seriously, earlier in the year, okay, but I'm sick of seeing Matt Asiata on third and one, fourth and one. I'm tired of looking at it. I can't watch it. It's like turnover on downs. You know, come on, defense, start to, you know, get ready. Get your helmets on if they're not on yet. Get your asses ready. 
you know, for the punt team, you know, punt team, get ready, get out there and get ready because we ain't getting it, you know, with this stupid guy, you know, <laughs> this stupid, stupid situation, this offensive line and this uh, tackle, this, uh, this running back, um, the coaching decisions and Matt Asiata, the coaches right now, Zimmer and Shermer, uh, for forcing Matt Asiata in short yardage situations so many times. I, I can't watch it anymore. And for keeping Blair Walsh as long as they have, it's embarrassing. I understand it's a salary cap situation, but there are ways to work around it. You are professionals. This is your job. You're better at it than any of us could be. Come on. Don't tell me you can't cut Blair Walsh. Don't tell me that. Lies. Sorry. Um, and I'm not taking a shot at anybody out there either. Of course, I'll, I, I will take a shot at Zimmer and uh, Spielman and and others out there that are being very, very, very stubborn about this. I can't take it anymore, man. And I have every right to say it. So there you go. Let's take a break. Let's calm down a little bit and let's chill. Put our feet up and enjoy the NFC North and NFL Roundup right after this. And now, another installment of... George Stories. This was on a Friday back in like circa 2000, 2001, 2002-ish, back when I used to carpool with my parents to the to, to work downtown when I worked at the bank. Uh, my dad was backing up out of the garage, which has always been a tight squeeze for all of us. He's backing out. All of a sudden you hear, Son of a bitch! Look what I did! It was so funny. You saw the mirror, the driver's side mirror had a nice little bend in it. He hit the (laughs) the side of the garage. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two of the old roundup segment, NFC North roundup and check around the NFL. So, as you know, how as we go, we kind of start with a little bit of looking around the league and then jump into the NFC North and all that. Yep, Detroit's on the bye. The first place Detroit Lions. How about that? The first place Detroit Lions. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, hmm. I already talked about how sad it is going from being number one home field advantage Oh, we still will be at least the number two seed in the NFL, uh, in the NFC. We just have to catch up to Dallas, hopefully, at some point. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I guess we'll host a wild card game. Huh. I don't know, man. I don't know what we're going to host or if we're going to host anything at this stage. It's uh, it's all vanishing quickly before our eyes, and it's kind of depressing. Um, shall I open up with the, yeah, because Arizona's the next team. I can't talk about that. That's the very last one. Uh, Miami beat the San Diego Chargers. I like fish and I like lightning bolts. I like teams with fish or lightning bolts for their names or, or airplanes. Figure that one out. I don't know. It just is what it is. I guess I just like them. <laughs> Miami Dolphins getting a win, though. Good for them. Um, 31-24. to A much-needed win, to be quite fair. Other than that, though, I, I don't know. Um, don't know what to say. Uh, would the Vikings even be in the playoffs today? I might as well look at it super quick. No, the Vikings are out. Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings, no, the Detroit Lions, they might as well be the Red Wings at this stage. We'd have the fourth seed. They're the only team in the NFC North making it. Washington is in, as they now have the tiebreaker 
over the Vikings. Uh, Dallas and Seattle are the two teams with the, the buys. Um, other than the Green Bay Packers, there isn't two teams in the NFC that I hate more. Um, and, they, and the AFC, I, I, I don't really hate anybody that much. Miami's in the picture. Well, I mean, I can't believe it. Uh, Detroit would host the New York Giants this week. Giants will play tomorrow against Cincinnati. And right now you got Seattle and New England. So the Vikings aren't winning. I am definitely cheering for the New England Patriots 100%. Not that I didn't. I mean, I would have cheered for them to win the AFC no matter what. Um, it's just that the Super Bowl, obviously, you know who's going to gonna gonna win my heart for that. If it was Vikings and Patriots, it would be kind of painful, but it would be what it is. Um, Atlanta Falcons would be hosting the Washington Redskins despite losing today. We'll talk about that in a second. Nice to see Miami kind of around. They would still not be in the playoffs if they'd be the last team out. Oakland at 7-2 and two because their division's so damn tough. <laughs> I don't know. Kansas City, Denver, all them. Kansas City would have the bye. New England would have the bye. Number one in the, in the, in the AFC. Houston, see there it is, would host a playoff game. See now look at Houston. We wish we were the Houston Texans. Remember just a few weeks ago? Remember what I was talking about? A Houston's that cute little playoff team that would host a wild card game, maybe a fourth seed, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice to be in that position right now? <laughs> it would be wonderful, wouldn't it? I can't believe Oakland's seven and two and would have to go on the road to Baltimore. That kinda sucks, but watch. It'll it'll change dramatically. Um who knows, maybe Miami will make it. I would be happy to see the Miami Dolphins make it. Um what was the other team I was talking about just now? Might as well talk about them really quick. Kansas City beat Carolina today. That's a nice little win. Carolina Panthers continue to drop off the face of the earth. Ha ha. 7-2 and two, Kansas City. Love their uniforms, love their colors, but yeah, well, I don't know. I have no faith in the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. Uh, Carolina was leading 17 nothing at one point, and then things changed dramatically, and Cam Newton got sacked only twice, but still nothing special. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Now, Vince Gerbato messaging me there on the fly talking about Andrew Wiggins. I might as well mention it right now. Yeah, and I better get to Timberwolves' explosion one of these days, but the lawn cleanups aren't done yet, so in a week or two, I guess, for Timberwolves' explosion. But uh, this will definitely be a highlighter no matter what. Andrew Wiggins just finished scoring 47 points for the Minnesota Timberwolves today in a fairly uh, kind of semi-easy, kind of screwing around, kind of playground basketball and target center today. Uh, just like a thousand three-point attempts from both teams, just kind of goofing off, and the Wolves end up winning by about 20, but 47 points for Andrew Wiggins, my favorite Timberwolf, and, you know, just about favorite basketball player, him and LeBron James, so anyhow, going all over the place, so that, instead of talking about baseball, I mentioned that, but yeah, check out Timberwolves Explosion if you like the NBA, maybe you're new to this show, and you'd like to hear a uh, Timberwolves show, there's Timberwolves Explosion out there. It's a few, it's a week or two old because, again, I mean, it's like about week, two weeks old episode, unfortunately. But there's also the Garnett retrospective, the season preview. Um, I'm going to get back to it and it'll be back on a weekly basis again. It's just the lawn cleanups I have to prioritize with Purple Mafia right now, even though they are, even though the Vikings are really falling off the map right now. And it just sucks and it's depressing. But again, they have to be priority. Um, Kansas City rolling, la la la. Houston, well, they're six and three, but not the most impressive win of all time. But a win is a win, no matter what. A win's a win. I mean, if they're a good team, a bad team, you got to win the game. And the Vikings did not win the game today. Washington and Detroit own tiebreakers against the Vikings right now. That's not good. We're going to end up playing Arizona and Atlanta coming up. Arizona again next week, that is, and Atlanta coming up very soon. And we get a rematch with Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. So hopefully they don't piss all over our Thanksgiving. Pardon my French there. 
But uh, screw up our Thanksgiving. That would be appreciated if they don't. Houston 24-21 over the 2-7 and seven Jacksonville Jaguars. They look kind of good earlier in the season. Now, not so much. Um, Blake Bortles is okay. And that's about it. Osweiler a little bit better. Incomplete passes all over the place. But two touchdowns for Brock Osweiler. Only 52%. Uh, completing in the game. Just lousy. Uh, but a, a good enough team. Their defense is better than their offense. And heck, no, no J.J. Watt. Uh, whatever. They're still winning games. 6-3. and three. Good for them. I'm sure they'll be out in the first round, though, if they play the Raiders or somebody like that. Houston Texans, whatever. Denver beating the New Orleans Saints. They're definitely a big factor in the playoff picture. Don't be surprised if it's Denver and New England in the AFC title game, but I'm I'm putting my money on um, New England and uh, Oakland Raiders AFC title game, regardless what the Raiders' rank is. Uh, Cleveland picking things up a little bit, but I guess it was against the Browns in the Brown Bowl. The real Browns against the, the fraudulent Browns. You know, the expansion team that took over in 99 versus the real Browns, the Baltimore Ravens. You know how good the Baltimore Ravens franchise has been pretty much for since, well, since at least 2000, but even before that. Not long after they moved from Cleveland. Um, man, I, I, I feel bad for Cleveland. They lost the World Series by a very narrow margin. Um, it's very similar to the Kansas City Royals two years before that. Luckily for the Royals, they came back and won next year. Maybe the Cleveland Indians will do the same thing. And end their very long drought. Uh, we'll see what happens. But the Browns aren't going to end any drought. Um, no. Insanely, though, their their drought isn't as old as the Indians. And, the, and that's crazy, considering how the Cleveland Indians have made it to the World Series three times in the last 20 years. They made it in 95, 97, and then 2016. Go figure. What am I talking about? I don't know. Just that that city of Cleveland's been through a lot, and that new franchise just sucks. Uh, Baltimore has been awesome. Um, well, not awesome. Baltimore's getting better. They're leading their division again, and they're probably going to win it. Pittsburgh could not get the job done today against the Dallas Cowboys. They were winning the game. They were they were playing way better, way better. This was probably one of the. This is easily at least their second best game of the season. Um, they're a weird team, just like the Vikings. They're only four and five, as good as they were earlier in the year. In fact, they were three and zero oh at one point. Four and five. They're weird. Cowboys just exploding. They're eight and one. They're them, them and the New England Patriots are looking to have a date in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I hate Dallas. God, and I hate the I hate the Seahawks even more. Yeah, I, I'd cheer for Dallas if it was Dallas and then Seattle because I cannot stand Richard Sherman, and most of you know that already. Uh, that game's on in the background right now against the New England Patriots. Who knows? Maybe it, there will be a rematch in the Super Bowl from a couple of years back, and I think the Patriots would win it again. In fact, I'm downright convinced they will. But... Um, <clears throat> Just like that game, it's going to come down to the freaking wire, and New England's going to be the, just a little bit better, and they doggone better be. I would, I, I mean, there's a couple teams I just would throw up if they won the Super Bowl this season or any other year. That'd be Seattle. Uh, I, I don't want to see Dallas win another one. I saw them win three Super Bowls in the '90s, and I didn't enjoy one minute of it. Thirty-five, thirty, though. Big Ben playing like Big Ben again. He'd struggled for a while, but way, way better game. This is the Big Ben that we've seen the last five years or so. Four hundred yards, eighty percent, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Quarterback rating one twenty-five point four, and then the rookie phenom, the guy that nobody'd heard of until not too long ago, Dak Prescott, two touchdowns in the game. Just so so uh, three hundred and twenty yards. Just a rookie phenom that just nobody saw coming. Tony Romo, who, yeah, I mean, exactly. And we're going to have to play them later this year, too. I mean, you know, we're sitting here 5-4, and four, 
We're not taking care of Philadelphia, Washington. Sure, they're road games, and they're the pesky little ones that you might lose. You don't beat Chicago. You don't beat Detroit at home. And then you got Dallas coming up. I mean, Arizona coming in next week. Hopefully, we'll see. That's like a that's a must-win game when you consider you got Dallas and and um, and just some other tough ones coming up. Of course, you're gonna have to go to Green Bay at some point. That's not gonna be fun either. Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I just mentioned there was another super tough one, and I'm losing my mind here. Um, you got Arizona. You got yeah, Detroit Thanksgiving up Dallas. Jacksonville, that's not too bad. Indianapolis. Okay, so that is it. That is it. Yeah, Chicago, Green Bay. Eh, you know, you better beat Chicago at home. You better hopefully beat Green Bay on the road. Um, Dallas, though, yuck. That's not going to be easy at all. <laughs> And Arizona's not that easy either, necessarily. Uh, but luckily, it's a home game. <sighs> I don't know where to go. Dallas is 8-1. and one. That sucks. Uh, where else? Los Angeles and the Jets. 9-6 to six game for the Los Angeles Rams on the road in New York. And that's it. I'm not even going to go into it. Chicago is terrible. Um, what the hell? 36-10 to 10 in Tampa, Florida. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers roll over the Chicago Bears after uh, Jay Cutler looking fairly impressive early. And the floodgates opened, and things changed dramatically after that. I'm not sure what's going on. There we go. New England in the end zone, and they're taking the lead right before halftime. Gotta love it. Oh, yeah. LeGarrette Blunt rolling right into that end zone right there. Seattle Seahawks walking up the field with the stare that, that they like to make and when the other team just scored a touchdown. Great. Uh, New England's leading. Good. Yes. <laughs> You know, I'm, it's not bandwagon. I've been, a, I've liked the Patriots for about 20 years, okay? I, I like every Boston team for the last 20 years or so, like since the late 90s. So please be, please be gentle on me. And it's fun to know that at least one of, one of my two teams is doing well. You know, like uh, Gerald Spring is a Denver Broncos fan last year. Or I mean, is a Denver Broncos fan. Not last year, but I mean, I found that out last year and he got a championship. You know, it's, it doesn't feel as good as if the Vikings would win, but it's still awesome, you know, especially if you beat a team you don't like, like Seattle or Carolina. I mean, me and Gerald the last two years had a pretty good time in the Super Bowl the last two years, and I was very much rooting for Denver. Screw Cam Newton and his whiny ass. Chicago Bears are garbage again, and Jay Cutler playing the way you wish the Vikings, the way he wished he played against the Vikings, and hopefully he'll play that way in U.S. Bank Stadium in the season finale 55.1 quarterback rating, fumble loss, two interceptions, three turnovers on Jason, Jake, not Jason, but Jay Cutler, 53%, yuck. Jameis Winston, another phenom out there. This one in Tampa Bay, of course, just they roll all over the Bears. The Bears just suck, and that was it. And How, how did we lose to this team? You know, It's just like the 49ers game. But, I I don't know. I mean, for the Vikings to finish 11-5, and five, they're going to have to be pretty damn awesome the rest of the way. In fact, they're going to have to go 6-1 and one for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, that's just great, isn't it? <laughs> Chicago Bears. Uh, yeah, it's just great. It's wonderful. They're 2-6 and six on the year, and we just, we just had to hand them one of their two wins. It's just great. Great. Yeah, I feel so good about that. Uh... Why is this doing this? Now I'm annoyed. What happened? What the heck? Okay, this is like going back in time here. What the? <laughs> oh, that's goofy. Um, it was almost as if the Viking game wasn't over yet. Oh, that's right. And John Sullivan was on, was the center for the Redskins too. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Nobody really even talked about that much. 
<laughs> Congratulations, John Sullivan. Um, resurfacing somewhere. Somehow I knew it would kind of go on the go, kind of go in the negative side of things. Uh, Philadelphia overcame Atlanta, who looked really good early on. Really nice touchdown play for uh, from Matt Ryan along the way to put the, the Atlanta Falcons up. 15 to 13 in that fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, but then here came the Philadelphia Eagles along the way and they finished with a victory 24 15. They're still undefeated at home, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm dragging this too long. They're 5 and 4 in the year, and guess who was a tiebreaker over the Vikings? Yeah, uh huh. That's right. All the tiebreakers are pointing the other way, which to me says that the Vikings don't go on a huge winning streak immediately. They're not going to make the playoffs, they're, they're not going to make it. And that's not being negative. That's not coming up here and ranting and showboating. They're not going to make the playoffs because everybody's got the tiebreaker on us. Atlanta's the other team. That's the one that I was blanking on. I'm just going crazy. Um, Well, we're not even playing Atlanta. I'm I'm getting them mixed up with another team. I don't know why I thought we were playing Atlanta this year. That's where I'm going crazy. I thought we did, but no, we're not playing Atlanta this year. I don't know why I thought that. I'm, I'm still stuck in last year or something. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Falcons, they're still hanging on in the playoffs. Blah, blah, blah. Philadelphia won. They're, again, guy of the tiebreaker. And even they're not in right now. So, boy, we're in trouble. Okay, before we get to review the Arizona game... Another team was not doing so great, and we better beat them. <laughs> we better. Uh, Tennessee beat the Green Bay Packers 47-25. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Oh, man. Isn't that nice? Four touchdown passes from Mariota, who was, all, who was rolling all over the Vikings early on in the season opener, and then all of a sudden things changed so dramatically. And here come the Vikings, and then and then you saw one of the best defenses ever, and you saw uh, an offense that was solid, and yeah, I mean, re- remember that feeling? It, it, you know, it just seems like 50 years ago, doesn't it? It's like a totally different season, like or like you had a dream and you kind of woke up, that type of thing. And you're like, wait a minute, did that happen or was I just dreaming? You know that dream when you, you're you with your, your high school crush and she likes you very much and then you wake up and like that never did happen, did it? Oh, crap. <laughs> That wasn't real. You're just dreaming. You're not. It, it isn't 20 years ago or whatever it was. <sighs> Tennessee's five and five too. I mean, they're kind of hanging around in the playoff hunt over there at Nissan Stadium. Green Bay's four and five. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, nobody wants to win the NFC North except Detroit, and they're winning the NFC North. They're in first place officially because the Vikings lost to Detroit last week. Just little tiny things. Just knock a pass away. Call a timeout, make an extra point, make a field goal, something. Yeah, funny how I'm going back to that, but just little things. Vikings would be six and four right now at a minute six and three. Just that, they'd be six and three. Isn't that insane? And, 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 or maybe maybe Sam Bradford doesn't like underthrow the pass and it doesn't get intercepted. Maybe we get in the end zone and somehow miraculously stopped the Washington Redskins. Maybe Blair Walsh makes the extra point at the end of the uh, game if he is facing that situation. Vikings would be 7-2. and two. I mean, isn't that weird? I mean, just one little thing, they'd be 6-3 and three right now with Detroit. We'd still be in first place. We, you know, we'd feel frustrated with 6-3. and three. Yeah, you know. Either Detroit or Washington, one little thing. But now here we are, 5-4. and four. It just shows how quickly a season can change. So, so quickly. 
or a whole next or how different things can be the next season for the Arizona Cardinals. I gotta get moving here. I'm dragging this and I apologize. They beat the Niners twenty three to twenty three to twenty today in Arizona. Again, just shows how far they've fallen because who the hell are the San Francisco 49ers? They're nobody. That's who they are. Absolutely nothing. Uh, just a you know Arizona's not what they were. Carson Palmer can't stay healthy for the most part. They're only 4-4-1 on the year. Remember, they were 13-3 last year, and they beat the Vikings by this much, and we were so excited. We thought maybe we were going to come back and get to the get past them. You know, we okay, we survived Seattle. Blair Walsh makes the kick. i got to stop it. But one way or another, maybe, maybe, the, maybe Josh Robinson doesn't leave Baldwin wide open down the field. Maybe Adrian doesn't fumble after catching a pass. It's not just Blair Walsh. It's all the above. All of them screwed us. And then maybe we would go to University of Phoenix Stadium and beat the Arizona Cardinals. Very possible. Then you run into Cam Newton, and just maybe there's a really good pass rush against him, and something magical happens. You see a miracle. You see a miracle. Maybe the miracle in North Carolina. The Vikings have had a great record against those Carolina Panthers. Who knows? Now all of that is just completely uh, irrelevant. The Carolina Panthers who look like they're going to win a couple Super Bowls. They're Irrelevant too. San Francisco was one and eight. Gosh, four years ago they looked like a upcoming dynasty in this league, and they're one and eight. Just awful. Then you have Michigan. Then you have Michigan kicking ass with the same quarter uh, coach, which who should be still be the coach of the Niners, but he's not. Oh, that guy. Well, I would never watch this game if I was paid to watch it because that guy was the quarterback of the Niners, Mister Neil Down. I'm not going to watch a game with him playing if he's going to have that attitude. So. Go ahead and take offense to that statement. I said it. So I think more of you like it than don't like it. Uh, the other guy, though, Carson Palmer, um, just good enough. Nothing special. This is the Carson Palmer that you got to know with the Cincinnati Bengals the last few years he was there, the post-ACL Carson Palmer. And this was the Cincinnati ACL Carson Palmer, not the Arizona ACL. Um, luckily for them, he had a very good season last year post Arizona ACL, but I mean, this is the inconsistent, you know, the bad Matthew Stafford, lots of yards and everything, one touchdown, two interceptions, and he lost the fumble, just like Aaron, uh, not Aaron Rodgers, but just like whoever, Jay Cutler, uh, three turnovers in the game, and not so special, but they still won against a team that's not very good, um, I barely know anybody on San Francisco anymore, other than old Neil down over there, ugh, whatever, you know, yeah, enjoy your contract, you're like, making maybe five times more than you should be because you're not even good anymore. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. That was nasty. <laughs> um, that's about how I feel about that guy. Uh, Arizona, where do you go with this? Larry Fitzgerald's aging, but still very good. He had 133 yards in the game. Michael Floyd is still a very valuable number two receiver. He wouldn't look bad in purple. Remember, there were even rumors about that. There were rumors about Fitzgerald in the past. All very familiar names at Arizona, and then Honey Badger just can't stay healthy. He's out again, which I think really helps Sam Bradford coming into this one. Honey Badger's out again. I mean, that guy, I, I don't know. Just There's always somebody that can't stay healthy out there. Um, Bruce Arians has had a good defense there in Arizona. It's time for the Vikings defense to look good against an immobile quarterback who's been injured many times and is inconsistent. That's Carson Palmer. An offensive line in Arizona that isn't that great either. Um, they don't have the best running game you ever saw in Arizona. I mean, the Vikings need to take care of business in this game. David Johnson's okay, but barely anybody's ever heard of him. Um, 
Vikings have to win this game. I mean, what more is there to say? Arizona's not playing very well. Their defense is not what it was. And again, Honey Badger, every time Honey Badger goes out, it's like Arizona's screwed. Uh, It's a very demoralized team right now. Bruce Arians has gone from a guy who is like a coach of the year candidate to people thinking he's not as good as they thought. I don't know. And that might be what's going on with Mike Zimmer right now, too, a little bit here in town. I mean, just a few weeks ago, Mike Zimmer was looked on as the second best coach in the NFL. And now, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. Mike Zimmer's not looked on as the same thing right now. Um, lots of questionable decisions along the way. The stubbornness with the kicker. Um, the defense not looking what it was before. I don't know if the team is rebelling or what's the deal. I, I don't think they are, but players aren't in the, in the same positions that they were before. You're seeing a more vanilla approach compared to what you saw before. And I don't understand it. Um, I, I'm having a really hard time. But put it this way. If the Vikings can't beat the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, a a team that's as demoralized as we are compared to what they were last year, I don't know. I mean, the Vikings might not only not make the... The Vikings will will not make the playoffs. No chance. Absolutely zero chance, because that'd be their their fifth loss of the year. That doesn't doesn't eliminate them mathematically, but morally, they're done. They're out. And you're looking at a team that just doesn't, doesn't will, will have no confidence that they're going to beat anybody. Um, they have to win this game and Thanksgiving. They have to win both of them. Um, there, there is just no freaking excuse. There is no excuse. The Vikings have got to win the game. You have to take advantage of a, a defense that's not playing as well as it used to be. Again, is missing one of their best players. Uh, Arizona's not going to win a Super Bowl with Carson Palmer at quarterback. They're going to need more often. They're going to need more. Uh, they're going to need like a running game of some sort. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And of course, the receivers, well, they're still good, but eventually they're going to be done too. Like, especially Larry Fitzgerald, eventually he's going to be too old. But luckily for them, he's still a great player. Vikings need to beat the Arizona Cardinals. They need to get a pass rush of some sorts. If they can sack Carson Palmer even three times, there is no way in hell the Arizona Cardinals are going to win. Vikings need to force turnovers, and I mean, it, it needs to, t- you know, they forced one turnover today, one, and you know how I keep saying multiple turnovers are needed to win the game? They didn't get multiple turnovers, and they still almost won. You get multiple turnovers against Arizona, they should beat the game. I mean, there's no excuse, because Sam Bradford's better than Colin Paperneck, a lot better than Colin Paperneck, uh, so there's just no no excuse for it. Uh, Vikings will win the game, I'm going to predict it, I think they're going to come out with an extreme amount of energy, an extreme amount of urgency. And I think the fan base is going to be behind them, not because, not just because, oh, we're such great fans and we're the best fans in the world. Okay, we can say that, but there's going to be an urgency from the fan base too. Like, get your asses in gear and take care of this depleted, injured, demoralized football team of the Arizona Cardinals. We are not going to drop down to their level. We are going to get back in the playoff picture now, and we're going to be, and we're going to be six and four which isn't the worst thing ever. It's a lot worse than 5-0, and but it isn't the worst thing of all time. Um, that's what's going to happen, in my humble opinion. I think the Vikings score a significant amount of points in this game compared to what they have in the past. I think you're going to see a, a crazy improvement 
uh, in the scoring category. But then again, at the same time, <laughs> the offensive line is what concerns me beyond belief. But I think you'll th- this will be one of the tease games that will make you confident, at least for one game. I think you're going to see an urgency and a craziness. The Vikings will score 28 points if Sam Bradford isn't sacked 17 times. That's the only fear. <laughs> That's the one thing. Um that keeps coming back at me is all these injuries, like a guy like Chandler Jones who had two sacks in the game. That's the only thing that I think the Vikings will be screwed if they, if they can't protect at all. Um, but uh, I just keep bouncing everywhere. But I, I will pick the Vikings to win 28-21. to 21. I think they're going to get to uh, Mr. Carson Palmer. Yes, the Vikings will be facing a pass rush, and I don't... I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. But at the same time, I do think that the... Vikings, uh, I do think Arizona's defense is underachieving compared to what they've been. And I think the Vikings will somehow attack and, and get something done. I think I think there will be a sense of urgency in this game. And the Vikings will win 28-21. And you'll see four sacks and two turnovers from Carson Palmer in the game. Now I've drugged this out way too long. Let's get to Brent Jacobson and into fan interaction. Messages for Purple Mafia. Joey, Brent here. So, here's my thoughts after the game. Bradford looks pretty good. Diggs looks out. Most of the offense is decent. But for the love of God, can we find a running game soon? Jeez, old Pete. Sounds like Jake Long has a torn Achilles. Done for the season. Career's probably over, too. Um, ay, ay, ay. what a bad football weekend for me. First, the Rosemont Irish lose a heartbreaker to Champlin. First round of state, and well, state quarterfinals. Then, um, Gophers lose a, a heartbreaker at the end. And then the Vikings lose a heartbreaker at the end. Sheesh. Anyways... Perhaps what we need to do is invest a bucket load of picks in offensive on offensive line like the Dallas Cowpies did. And look at how it's panned out for them now. Anyways, next week's going to be tough against Arizona. We'll see what happens. Anyways, Skull Vikes. See you later, Joey. Bye. And thank you, as always, Brent. Uh, that was a very good call, and you are definitely a star candidate. Lots of good points made there. Um, yeah, and I, I agree that Jake Long's career is probably over, and that's a shame. I, I feel really bad for him, as I mentioned in segment number one. Of course, you didn't hear it yet until you hadn't heard it yet. That is when the when the call was made. But I mean, that's normal. That's how it goes. Just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bummer. And yeah, what a nasty weekend. I mean, luckily the Wolves and Wild though. After, right after the Viking game, both winning tonight, and that's good. The Wild winning on the road, finally winning a uh, uh, overtime game. I look uh, for Brave the Wild hockey fans out there, maybe new to this show, Brave the Wild. And I want to apologize for the the, seg- the last segment. I think it was too long, last segment. And, you know, I mean, I thought I made a lot of good points, so I'm not going to, like, chop it all up. Yeah, you know, so I wasn't going to chop it all up or anything. It's just too long, and I apologize. So hopefully it's okay. I'll try to make up right a 
calm down, make it a little shorter next time. Um, wonderful call, though, Brent. Um, hopefully the Vikings can take care of business against Arizona. And, of course, yes, the best point of all is the offensive line. Draft offensive linemen, please. Uh, Rick Spielman, your job's on the line with this offensive line. Um, we shouldn't have to scour the waiver market. And I know Jake Long wanted to play again, and he deserved to play again, but... Geez, um, I, yeah, I feel really bad for how that turned out. Uh, big shame. Kind of reminds me of uh, Josh Howard a couple of years ago when the Wolves got him off the waiver wire. He was finally healthy again, ready to play. And man, he was kind of good, you know, blocking shots real quick. You know, quick little small forward, really nice defense, this and that. And then he tore his ACL. It's just, ah, oh, I felt so bad for the guy. Never heard him again. Never heard his name again. Um, he was a nice little draft pick for the Dallas Cowboys years before. Um Let's start with the uh, Twitter account at Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show. So where are we? Um, kind of like ongoing, lots of rants on and off um, from Mad Martin. Understandable. He's saying, "Here we go again." Listening to pay up. Oh, yep. The uh, it's not synced. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, you're saying, so I'm reading bleep, bleep, bleep on Twitter and no idea why. Because I'm three, yep, yep, he was three behind, three minutes behind. Should I take five and 11 now? I mean, who knows? That could end up that way. And I was talking about the touchdown being 30th ranked. And then from the cheap seats was able to uh, retweet me. That's another Viking podcast out there in case Kevin McMahon is listening. I'm not sure. I, I know he's listened in the past. Kind of an old schooler. Uh, me and him are both old school. Kind of uh on the message boards and Twitter account, and of course, uh, I'm pretty. Sh- I think he listened to the show. I don't know if he. I don't know if he still does, but just in case, so shout out to him, Kevin McMahon from Wisconsin. Um, yeah, Mad Martin was glad to see the Packers were losing first and twenty, and we run what? And the run blocking sucks. Yeah, the run blocking has just been killing us the whole time. Uh, Mad Martin was wondering what happened at the bye. The team was the team kidnapped by aliens from Wisconsin. I'm beginning to wonder that who he was saying that aliens are also onto them and replace the players except Walsh. Yep, that's the only one. Here we go. I like this one. Uh, he was saying, yep, I was saying when Adrian comes back, cut Asiata. I would much rather keep Hillman. Walsh should be cut tomorrow. Yes, uh, I would like to see Walsh and Asiata either off the team or deactivated in, in Asiata's case. I want to keep Ronnie Hillman, and yeah, we'll talk about the whole salary cap thing in a minute um, when we get to Felix DePel on the Facebook page, but this is the Twitter account. Uh, it's like there's so many. That's why I don't want to read everything. It might make you crazy. Um, yep, the play calling was stupid. Yep, I do agree with that. In the uh, sec- only seven plays in the half. It's just didn't, uh, he didn't understand some of that. Uh, yep, had the D-line even hit Cousins today. Yep, that was mad. Yep, and yeah, it took forever until that fourth quarter, and this was a little bit before that. He couldn't believe it, and then he saw the fumble, and he liked that when that happens. Yep, that was awesome. <sighs> he couldn't believe it. Yep, so we continue saying, so we have run for 31 yards on 19 carries, so this drive passed the bleep out of it, please. Yep, and that was at the end, in all seriousness. Do you see a win anywhere? That was pathet- a pathetic second half. Yeah, we didn't score a single point, uh, Dave. Not a single point. He can't believe it either. He says, poor old Long. Yep, he feels bad for uh, Mr. Jake Long, and I do too. Um, I-, I feel terrible for him. How could you not? Uh, I was saying, poor Long, this season is starting to suck. O-line is cursed. 5-0 and to this. WTF. 
Vikings are the third team since 1970. This is a great stat, and this could make you a star candidate for this week. Because, um, uh, you know, I remember hearing hearing it earlier. I was going to write it down, and I didn't. So you wrote it for me. Thank you very much, Dave. See, there, there you go. Out of Northern Scotland there, Dave Mad Martin says, Vikings are the third team since 1970 to start a team 5-0 and lose the next four games. 2009 Giants, 1989 Rams, and of course the 2003 Vikings don't come because we were 6-0. Think about that. And that team did not even make the playoffs. It, it was the old... No, the Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Yeah, that one. McCown to Nate Poole. Unbelievable. Um, that is a terrible stat. That's 120 teams, by the way, since then. 120. That's a lot. Um, 1970 is a long time ago. A long time ago. I mean, Fran Tarkenden was young. He's 75 years old, folks. Francis Fran Tarkenden wasn't, was, yeah, that's a long time ago. Um... Mad Martin staying, and what's worse, I bought into the hype this season. Really felt we had a chance to go all the way. Oh, no, and oh, no, a first-rounder. Yeah, yep, no first-rounder either. No first-rounder. Um, is, is 500 even realistic? I'm beginning to wonder. Um, unbelievable. And I was saying to I was saying to the Vikings and fan and the fan base, take note, Asiata in short yardage doesn't work, and and it doesn't. And it was saying way to piss on our momentum, Blair Witch, and that was uh, all retweeted from Malcolm McSween out of California. Hope all's going well for you, Malcolm. Uh, so before I get to the Facebook page, there is a call in line. It is two zero nine seven three six seven eight seven seven two zero nine seven three six seven eight seven seven. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling it a Purple Mafia, or you could say Joey like Brent did, but he said both actually, which is great. And statement, shout out, comment, question, whatever. A minute, two minutes, you know, it's all welcome. As long as you stay on topic for the most part, uh, don't try to turn it into a cheap comedy show. That would be appreciated. But then again, you can be funny. Just don't turn the whole damn thing into being funny. That would be good. Um, so we continue from the last show. Sometimes there's comments in there. Sometimes there isn't. This time there isn't. But thanks anyway. That's always appreciated. I was saying, why do I still have no alert? Yep, on the Facebook page. Uh, so the Facebook page, by the way, is... Um, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. And I didn't even finish what I was going to say about the call-in line. I gave you the 209-736 thing, 7877. That's all in the show description. Also, there's the call now button on the Facebook page, like I mentioned. And the Facebook page is in the show description. Um, And you can also do the audio submission route where you could record it on your smart device, free recording app, whatever it is. And then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Again, every bite of the information in the show description. And where why was I not getting any alerts about what's-his-name not being on the team anymore, that being Blair Walsh, Justin Mayer, Henry out of Colorado, says, I agree. They can pay me 120 k a year, and I'll be their kicker. Yep. Leland Albertson out of Iowa says, it's a secret. Justin Shatava says, Blair Walsh or no Blair Walsh. Bradford is still about 45 seconds to get a pass off, yep. Hmm, yep. Yeah, sometimes he's too slow. Sometimes he isn't. You know, it's weird, because Philadelphia last year, he was quick, so I don't know what happened. It's the wrong mix. you got to get Teddy back, uh, even though... I, I don't know. I think you do... I think Teddy Bridgewater will be a better fit for this team if he's healthy enough. I was talking about the kickers. Mark Carlson saying it's about time, or I posted a link, that is. 
from the Viking Age. And what was this one? Just Zimmer testing kickers. Have you been watching? Have you saying? Have you been watching? Uh, when people asked, Leland says, "I understand this needs to be done, not just because of what happened at the end of the season last year, exactly, but his stats are dismal at best this season. It should have been done in the off season, not mid." management seems to be lost and how to operate this team. Yeah, I, I don't understand. He was saying the players, oh, I wish I could, there we go. The players have been performing top-notch mostly, just bad decisions on play calls. And the sad part of this whole cluster, cluster bleep season is the potential to be a franchise team for many years to come was shown for the first five games was sadly slipping away. And boy, is it ever, Leland. Yeah, oh, is it ever. Uh, things get very interesting when I was talking about the kickers and saying Wallace needs to go, Kai Forbath and all that. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand says didn't get to watch the game, but it sounds like he caused us again. If he's not gone this week, something's wrong. Every move we've made this season has been Super Bowl or bust. Keeping Walsh sends a different message to the team. He was saying Super Bowl or bust may be an exaggeration, but they've definitely made it clear they want us to be up near the top this year, and injuries aren't an excuse Zimmer will use. And then Paul Jones makes things very interesting. Um, I, I don't know if I ticked people off, because <laughs> it seemed like nobody wanted to join this conversation. It seemed like everybody kind of ran away. I, I don't know what happened. Um, but Paul Jones, he kind of pissed me off a little bit. Uh, he's no longer on the page, not because I got rid of him, but he got rid of himself. I guess he's just not good. I guess I'm just not good enough for him, that type of thing. You know, like Paul Allen's so much better than, than Purple Mafia. Yeah, that's one of the problems in this town right now is everybody thinks Paul Allen is so great, and yeah, whatever. Uh, Paul Jones says, you are all bandwagon fans. The Minnesota Vikings are the 21st in the league for scoring. That has nothing to do with Blair Walsh. It has to do with their offense being offensively ineffective on the field. And if you think these two kickers they brought in are going to beat Blair Walsh for a job, these two kickers have a worse kicking percentage than Blair Walsh, and one of them has 35% accuracy at 50-plus yards. Well, for one, 50-plus yards is not necessarily the most, you know... How many 50-yard field goals are you going to kick? And maybe that's not the one you choose. Um, being able to make simple kicks, I think, would be great. When you have zero confidence in a guy to make a kick whatsoever. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I can understand if the guy is not too good 50-plus yards, but not many people are spectacular beyond 50 yards. You're not going to get somebody who's spectacular beyond 50 yards. You can get a guy who might be a little bit more reliable on short yarded stuff, short shorter kicks at least until the end of the season. You don't have to sign the guy for five years, a hundred million, okay, Paul Jones? Okay, can we continue? I was asking him if he was kidding, and I said seven miss, seven missed extra points in two years isn't enough for you, and let's make it eight now, Paul Jones. Give me a break. And he says, really, are you not supposed to know that the Vikings are twenty first in the league? In scoring, but you're sitting here trying to tell me that their offensive ineffectiveness somehow Blair Walsh's fault. It's Blair Walsh's fault. Yeah, it sucks that he missed the field goal here, and that's not the only thing. Um, it did, but why is nobody blaming the Vikings for leaving 23 seconds on the clock? We blamed them quite a bit, my friend, if you listen to the show, which obviously he doesn't. He's only here posting on the page, so I'm basically talking to myself, but I might as well let you guys know what kind of nonsense uh, that a lot of us put up with. 
You know, some of you that don't live in Minnesota, you know, there's a lot of nonsense sometimes. There really is. And it just gets worse. Um, say 20 seconds on the clock, down on the three-yard line with two timeouts, and the Lions had none. Explain to me, smart guy, oh, really, dude, whose fault, whose fault is that? Not Blair Walsh's. Aren't you not supposed to know that the two guys that they brought in have worse field goal percentage than Blair Walsh? And you don't believe me, check out the Vikings web page. Listen to Paul Allen. He'll tell you the same thing that I am. And I sure as, as hell am going to believe what Paul Allen says over what you think any day. Then Paul Jones, yeah, my response is basically, then why are you on my page then? I mean, if I'm so bad, why are you on the page? Do you really think I don't know what, uh, do you really think I'm clueless? And of course, Paul Allen is the kind of guy, he's going to go to bat for the Vikings, specifically players that he likes. You know, what? whatever. Um, I asked him not to talk down to me. You don't even know who you're talking to. You I mean, he doesn't know who he's talking to. He's never listened to the show. Do you really think I come on here just spouting off bullcrap? Do you really think that? <sighs> hmm. I'm, I was saying I'm quite aware that the offense has struggled constantly. I've watched the games just like you and everyone else. And I was telling him Paul Allen is a joke, by the way. I think he's a complete tool, and he is. I'm sick and tired of the fourth down turnover on downs as well. At the same time, if you can't even count on a guy to make an extra point on a regular basis, I think you have a serious problem. And if you don't like what I say, leave the page. And Paul Jones quickly left the page rather than wanting to have a conversation. He just wanted to talk down to me because it must have made him feel a little bit better. That's all. That's the only impression I get. Um, whatever. Uh, nobody clicked like on anything. I don't know if because people were scared away or they never saw this conversation or whatever. Um, not impressed with anything Paul Jones said there. I mean, he's just one of those classic people that calls you bandwagon. If you, I don't know why he's calling me bandwagon though. For saying a kicker's not real, a kicker's letting us down time and again. I mean, eight missed extra points? That's insane. That's unbelievable. You can't miss extra points. I mean, you just tie a game up. It should be 10 to 10, and the guy can't make it. And he missed one again today. I, I don't understand why this guy is so offended. Um, you're up by seven and said you're up by six because a guy missed another one today. You're, you're serious? I mean, right now, I want a guy who can make short stuff, at least 40 and in, and then make some extra points. You know? that's To me, that's more important than worrying about if a guy is 50% from 50 yards away. I don't know. I, I don't think Paul Jones is... I don't know, man. I think... I don't think he's thinking straight, to be quite honest. I, I, I wish more people joined in that conversation. I mean, seriously. But whatever. If you don't, you don't. Um, this next one got a little bit tiny annoying, too. But Justin Shatava, kind of silly. I, I ended up deleting the comments because it's like, this is about Veterans Day, not about making just silly, pointless jokes about maybe you don't understand the way I wrote it. It's not that complicated, dude. Seriously. And he just turns it into, like I was saying, that George Washington's still alive. Really? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to ban anybody for that, but it's kind of silly. I ended up deleting the comment because I think you're pissing on Veterans Day just a little bit there, dude. Please, come on. So, let's get to what I was saying. Um, today, we thank our armed services. This was on Veterans Day. Those that, see, I was saying, those that are still living. See, now, if you don't understand what I'm saying here, it drives me nuts. To, to the, I was saying from those, I don't know why, I mean, maybe I missed a word here, but from those that are still living to 
all the way back to General George Washington. That's not saying General George Washington is still living. It's saying to all the way back to George Washington. Not that complicated. Today we remember all the great men that have saved this country and kept us free from evil, from dictatorship and genocide. May God bless you all and may God bless the United States of America. And for the fallen veterans, for the many fallen veterans that maybe in in recent wars and all the way back into the Revolutionary War that fought for this country, that gave us what we have, I will give them right now a moment of silence. God bless. God bless indeed. Um, One thing I will mention really quickly, I like what Donald Trump is saying about (laughs) how he's going to really take care of veterans. Um, I didn't get that feeling from the previous president. The one before him, kind of, not really, you know, not really either. Uh, I, I can't tell you Bush is the greatest thing to veterans either, but I don't think Obama cared much. I, I don't know. Maybe he cared more than, 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 than I noticed and that other people noticed, but I don't know. But I do think the new president will be very good to the veterans. Again, not trying to give you political leanings and stuff, just saying I'm hoping, hoping that indeed that uh, that is the case. I'm stepping out in good faith. Uh, Mark Carlson says, thank you, Paladino Joey. And he posts a picture with the uh, Surly Murica. Murica, that's like the, uh, it's a, what do they call that? Pre-prohibition style lager. So it's a little bit, a little bit more, a little more flavor to it. Uh, it's kind of like, it's Surly's taste on the classic gold type of beer that you have every day. It's meaning it's way higher quality than, say, a Budweiser or Miller, but it's the same style. You get the idea. Um and then he has his past commander hat on with the pins and the 290. Very cool. Uh, Mark Carlson says, Thank you, Paladino Joey. Your patri- patriotism is recognized and appreciated. I wish there were more Americans like you. Salute. And God bless you, Mark Carlson. I wish there were more Americans like you, too. And thank God there were enough a couple of days ago. But I'll leave that alone. Uh, Dave Vicky says, Great thoughts, Joey. And thank you, too. And I know not everybody likes the guy that won the presidency. I, I'm just, I don't know. It, just, I'm very hopeful, okay? Hopeful, hopeful, hopeful. Vikings versus Redskins, da, 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 da. so I'll just dig into that for like three seconds. I don't want to drag this show too much longer. Um, Brett McCarthy was saying, are we unhealthy on defense? And it seemed like it. And that was after the interception, blah, blah, blah. Does Turner need to come back? That was funny. Uh, here we go. This is good. Um, huh. Okay, I'll, I don't know where the Felix DePel comment is, because it was during the game, unfortunately. Well, basically, I can't, he was asking if a player is cut, does it still count against the cap? And yes, uh, if they were on the 53-man roster to start the season, it counts against the cap. But that does not mean you can't cut him. That does not mean you can't cut him. There is a way to work around the cap to get him in. Um, and you may be able to get NFL-exempt players in as well. So... That's the hope. Um, there, there is enough cap space to bring in a kicker. Otherwise, the Vikings would not have brought in other kickers. So you can't, because uh, Felix was pretty much dismissing it, saying that's that's you know it's not going to happen. So just move on. Yeah, you're saying there it is. The reason why we will sickle their roster the rest of the season, no cap space. End of discussion. That's not true. Um, and I'm not saying it to be argumentative or to, or even to be disagreeable with you. It's just not true. The Vikings can make a move. You're, you're not going to sign anybody for a significant amount of money. It's going to be the minimum. And it's going to be a very small amount because there's only seven games remaining. So 
you can't, you know, they're not going to have to pay him for like a 16 game contract. It's going to be pretty small, maybe 200,000. So uh, the salary cap is not going to be a huge problem, honestly. Um, so that's, but Felix DePel, definitely a worthy topic though. And thank you for bringing it up because it is important and it's good that people know what's, what, uh, what, what, what sticks on the cap and what doesn't, but it's players that are, see, there's players that are NFL exempt that do not count against the cap. You can cut them, but most of the players that were on the 53 man roster are, uh, stuck on the cap no matter what. So if you were to cut an Adrian Peterson, that whole thing is staying on there. And then whatever is guaranteed, they get paid. Um, so there you go. Uh, Justin, Mayor Henry is saying, rest in peace, Jake Long had one okay game. Right before the play, I said it was going to end in a sack. Garbage. Yep, and that's exactly what happened. And Yankee says, Vikings, being Vikings, work you up with three touchdowns just to let you down in the end. And pretty much... Depressing. Um, we'll get to the post-game thoughts. I was talking about Xavier Rose being evaluated for concussion symptoms. Dave Hickey was saying, Dave is out of Iowa, by the way, and Mark Carlson's out of Iowa for those new listeners. Uh, he says, it looks like the whole team is concussed. We had one good quarter in the last four games offensively. Can't keep drives alive. Defense is looking porous lately, giving up yep, big plays a lot and a lot more prevent-ish. It looks like they're just trying to prevent big plays. And just tackling the guy afterward. They're not, like, getting in the way. They're not getting physical. Yeah. Uh, Dave Vicky says the Lions move into first place when they're on a bye. Pitiful. The only thing going our way lately is Green Bay sucks. And, yes, they do suck. They're awful. This could have been a fun season. We could have won this division in our sleep this year. And here we are in second place. Just let that sink in. Oh, it's bullcrap. So, the comments... <laughs> that was awesome. Justin Mayer, Henry. Wow, that's good. Oh, you are a gold star candidate. Um, and Dave Hickey, or Dave Martin. Dave Hickey probably should be too. But yeah, Dave Martin and Brent Jacobson, star candidates. Brent Jacobson will get a star today, for sure. Um, but error, 404, team not found. That is a gem, Justin. Justin out of color. That is a gem. I mean, <laughs> oh, that's a gem. Oh, <laughs> Patrick Grant says should have won. Yep, they should have. And he says O-line needs help. Walsh needs to go, among other fixes. And Asiata needs to get less carries or deactivated. Um, Asiata, that is, if I said that correctly. Todd Vanderme out of Indiana says season over. I'm right now, pretty much. Yankee says it's those let's run up the middle play for one yard that we can't get. That play calling sucks. May I suggest quick play action and throw them off guard. Yes, you can, because I think that would be very smart. Um, they need more play action. They need more quick plays. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles got a lot of quick plays off. And when Sam Bradford runs a hurry-up offense, he's damn good at it. And that's exactly when the Vikings had some success. Just sail it in. Sail it in, Sam. Be sailing Sam like you were earlier this year. I mean, I was thinking Sam the Sailor. Sail it in, Sam, because he did not sail it in in the the drive where he ended up throwing an interception. The pass before that, you could just see it coming. He did the same mistake on the next play, and it was an interception. Luckily, we had another chance, but then, of course, it all went pear-shaped, and then Jake Long went down with the Achilles, and and that was it. Justin Shatava says the worst offensive line in the league loses another tackle. 
Yep. I mean, and, you know, Justin Chitava, always welcome to the thing. I, just, I don't know. I got mildly, mildly annoyed at the November 11th thing, but I'm, I'm over it. You're, you're, you're very, very welcome to the show. Brett Jacobson saying Jake Long has a torn Achilles. I think his career is done, and I think so too. Dave Hickey says we can't give up on the season just yet. I am down on the team. Though we've had one good quarter of football offensively in the last four games. I can't believe how the season has played out so far with all the injuries. We just lost, just lost Jake Long for the season. He was just starting to look better, too. Uh, the streaks of five wins in a row and now four losses in a row. It just sucks. I think we can turn it around if the play calling was a little better with a quicker pace. Sam needs to figure out how to move around in the pocket better because he sucks at it. Yep. And get rid of the freaking ball instead of taking all the sacks. Yeah, why, you know, early on, he was throwing the ball away more often instead of just taking sacks now. I have faith in this coaching staff, and my patience has really been tested this year. Skull. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Dave Vicky is definitely a star character. Brent Jacobson says, the way Sam Bradford played, I see room for optimism. Yeah, the last couple of weeks, he's been damn accurate. But the offensive line needs help. And, and of course, it does. Uh, on the bright side, Tennessee destroyed Green Bay today. Leland and Mark Carlson will wrap things up in Iowa. Leland says, I saw this loss coming, as as did Joey, and probably most of us. Several possessions, you could see greatness shining through, both injury, through, but injuries and mistakes still kicked us in the balls. I'm hoping to see a new kicker next week against the Cards. Time to turn this season around. Skull. Mark says, the team has gone from tumble to free fall. Lucky for us, the Packers are falling too. Hope their their shoot don't open any time too soon or ever. Yep, as in they just fall and hit the ground. They don't. Uh, yep, no parachute. <laughs> Gotta love Mark Carlson. Um, Ali with more posts, and we really appreciate that. We we're hoping for that win against the uh, Lions that it didn't happen. Ali actually didn't post this week. Hopefully, he keeps posting again. You're more than welcome to do that. It keeps the page alive. You're very welcome for, uh, to post on your pro football spot. Ali Sidikai, always a very welcome member of the Purple Mafia. Hopefully you didn't get mad at me because I, yeah, because of uh, posting about Donald Trump or talking about him. Please don't feel uh, unwelcome on this show or anything because of my political this or that. I, I mean, please don't don't take it too seriously. Uh, that's all I ask from people out there. Please don't. And many of you haven't. Um, the numbers have mysteriously gone down a bit, but I do think it's because of the play of the team. I think the fan base is ticked off, so it just kind of is what it is. The fan base is more ticked off at the team, and there is some bandwagon out there, or just people, it's the old apathy thing, too, um, and I understand that. Let's pass out the stars before I forget and wrap up the show here in just a couple minutes. Gold star for this week? Hmm. Gold star for this week is Brent Jacobson. It's yeah, Brent Jacobson's going to get the gold star. Very good call. Very good takes along the way. A guy who's really close to gold star too. I was going to, you know, it's either him or Brent. Um, Brent Jacobson's going to get the gold today. Uh, it's just it's nice to hear from him again. It's been a while. He'd been kind of inactive lately, and I missed him. And he he posted a lot of good stuff today, and he was and the call was fantastic. I mean, he puts effort into these calls, and it shows. And I appreciate it. I appreciate that he does that. So he deserves the gold star out of Lakeville. Brent Jacobson, who's been uh, 
listening to the show for five, six years. You know, I mean, a lot of you know who he is. And for those new people, just letting you know that. Dave Hickey, fantastic, fantastic today. A gold-plated silver star. I mean, he just awesome. Uh, awesome takes along the way today. Strong. Always strong when he posts. Always has a lot, good, a lot of good things to say out of Iowa there. Mark Carlson and Justin Mayer Henry and Dave Martin are going to get... <laughs> okay. I'm going crazy. Uh, I'm going to give... For, for, uh, boy, I'm going crazy. Dave Martin is going to share the sil- is going to have like a la- uh, silver star as well. <laughs> okay, I'm going crazy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to pass out three bronze stars. This, I'm going crazy. Dave Martin, Mark Carlson, and Justin Mayer Henry are all going to get bronze stars today. That awesome 404, he had to get in there. Otherwise, I was going to give it to Mark and uh, Dave Hickey, or uh, Mark and uh, Dave Martin for the bronze star. But I got to throw in Justin Mayer Henry for that 404. I mean, that was so good. Team not found. That was good. That's that annoying page you get when you think you're going to go to the webpage and something went wrong. Like you typed it in wrong or it's not what you thought it was. It's .org instead of .com or it's .com instead of .org or .net or .biz or whatever. You know, who who has .biz anymore? It seemed like nobody, huh? Seemed like that's like late 90s, early 2000s to me. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people do, but I never see it. Um, the .net, .org you still see it all the time. Again, though, I don't want to scare people away because of my political views. I don't like the stereotype that's getting passed out by a lot of people. I think it needs to stop. It's not fair. I don't like stereotyping anybody. Um, you can't say 60 million people are this or that on either side of the of the coin. Not everybody, not everybody uh, knows the candidates uh, knows about the candidates as well as other people might know them know about them. Look at it that way. Um, or not everybody sees them that way. This and that. Not everybody does. Maybe, you know, I mean, you can't because you, you can come back either way with both candidates. So seriously, 60 million people don't support Hillary Clinton because, you know, 60 million people don't support Hillary Clinton because they like uh, uh, people that, that high, that are fraudulent, hiding email, stuff like that. I don't believe that every single person that voted for supports that, uh, you know, at the same time, or this or that, like whatever other things that came, came up about Hillary over the years. Or in Trump's case, I don't think everybody's this and that. I mean, I can't believe people would compare David Duke with Donald Trump. I mean, really? Just like, you know, anybody could <laughs> say they endorsed somebody. That doesn't mean that person is similar to them. Like if David Duke endorsed Purple Mafia, do you really think we're, we're KKK members? no. I would say, uh, I don't support your group, David Duke, but thanks anyway. That's what I would say. And that would be the end of it. I disavow you. There, I said it. I disavow David Duke supporting Purple Mafia. (laughs) Okay? I disavowed him openly. See, it's stuff like that. It's so silly. And maybe I shouldn't get into this. Maybe I'm annoying people. But, I don't know. I actually thought I should have started a political show years ago. But maybe I'd be screaming and yelling a little bit more. Because I'm trying to be a little friendly on this one. But... Stuff like that, it, you know, it's so over the top. And you can't, you know, and, and all these celebrities on Twitter, you know how much their life is going to change? It's one thing the middle class's life is going to change one way or another. Higher taxes, lower taxes, uh, military getting treated better or m- more benefits or less benefits, this and that. 
But you got guys like Ricky Rubio, $55 million contract complaining. Come on. You got guys like Kaepernick, 100 plus million contracts complaining about this. Really? Your life's not getting any worse. You're going to be, you're going to go to bed, be a multimillionaire. You're going to wake up tomorrow, be a multimillionaire. Okay? Okay. Really? Really? Are you really, do you really just want to come out in front of the camera and grandstand about this and that just to look good? Is that all it is about you guys? You know, because I think it is. So whatever. Um, That's annoying. (laughs) Have a point. If if you're going to make a point, have one. That, that's all I gotta say, you know, enough for the grandstanding, and that comes with both sides, it it really does, but it seems to be worse sometimes with the pro athletes, they're really bad, and some of the movie stars too, they they drive me nuts, so I'll leave that alone, I don't want to scare people away, I just, I, I had to say something, I had to, and it's at the end of the show, so you are always welcome to turn it off, or encourage other people to turn it off if you don't want to hear it, so apologize, um, I guess that's my wrap up for this one. Um, the weather's just been absolutely exquisite. Exquisite. We got a lot done. I mean, just crazy amount of work done the last couple of days outside. So lawn cleanup's almost done. We're down into the single digits remaining. Four more nice dry days. And then and then it gets interesting. Friday, Saturday, we'll see. Um, it's a question mark, basically. Maybe rain, maybe snow on Saturday. I don't know, but probably not. And if there is snow, it's probably just flurries, so whatever. Um, but hopefully by the next show, next time for Purple Mafia with a victory over Arizona, we'll be done with the cleanups. Um, and I probably won't get into talking about politics as much. <laughs> you know, everybody has their take. You know, you got Irate Gamer, very popular uh, guy from Cleveland, Ohio, who, yes, voted for Trump. The, 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 state, the state did, and so did he. And I bet a lot of his people... A lot of his people that post on there seems to be in the social world or going the other direction. So I don't know if he can do it, I can do it. So we'll just leave it as is. Um, and I'm not going over the top. I mean, I'm not going on a rant maybe like he did. So because I, I really shouldn't actually. <laughs> I think he's more likely to get away with it than I am. So we'll leave things as is. Uh, God bless all of you. God bless Hillary Clinton too. I mean, I'd like to see her retire, relax, enjoy the rest of her days. They're very wealthy, so they don't need to worry about much now. Just relax, enjoy yourself. You know, this and that. (laughs) Get closer to your faith, that and such. And Trump, hopefully, I mean, just pray for him. Pray for him. If you voted for him or not, pray for him. That things that he will make the right decisions for this country. That's all I can say. I'll wrap it up with that. Thank you all very, very much for your loyalty, for your listenership of the show. Those of you that uh, are willing to post a review on iTunes, please do. Otherwise, tell your friends about it. And thanks again. We will uh, talk to you next week, hopefully after a win over Arizona.